listening to the Right Talk Wednesday podcast, made from the video stream, which happens every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central on both YouTube and Twitch. If you'd like to watch the actual live stream, you may do so by visiting musecharmer.com and going to the Right Talk Wednesday show page. You can also find archives of the show on YouTube under the live tab. Enjoy. Welcome to Right Talk Wednesday. I am Kit Kilsto, the host of Right Talk Wednesday and the owner of Epona Author Solutions and the Muse Charmer Network. I am going to be talking today with W.T. Meadows, and we're going to talk about his book, Introduction Events, which you see over here next to me, um, which I encourage everybody to go out and purchase when you're done listening to the podcast and we're just going to talk about NaNoWriMo and the process from getting the book written to getting the book published and we're going to talk about Kickstarter because that's something I've been really interested in and I'm you know very curious to find out how that works for books so (laughs) so welcome welcome I'm so glad to have you on Right Talk Wednesday glad to be here Great. Well, there's a bio on our website, but why don't you tell our our viewers and listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So um, I I checked out the bio. Thank you for getting all that up. It looks looked great on the site. Um, So a little bit about me. Uh, My name is W.T. Meadows. I have six novels published so far, uh, which is starting with the, the Mantle series, which is built within the shaman states of America world that was created uh, uh, by a Krishan Keller Hanna, who was the co-author for that series. It's super great. Um, it's urban fantasy. Highly recommend giving it a shot. Um, and then this introduction events is my own thing, a uh, solo, solo project. Um, it is a um, superhero origin story no spandex kind of situation about um a bunch of teenagers so that's that's the novels um i live in austin texas i do a lot of woodworking i play a lot of video games board games that kind of thing and uh work conventions and hang out with the family so that's me great The um, Shaman States of America, that was something I've got on my list to check out because that just that title alone really intrigues me. And I'm very curious to see what happens with that. So I'm so glad you you mentioned those works. It's it's a super cool uh, world that Krishan created. Um, That's the kind of basic premise. If you don't do well, I've already started. So I guess I'll just trample all over you here. Sorry. Um, No, that's fine. Go for it. Uh, the, the the concept for the world is two percent of the of the, of our world can see the monsters that actually are all around us, and it's their job to protect us from them. Um, so that was I thought a really really cool concept. Um, and actually, in the afterward of uh, introduction events, I talk a little bit about why uh, about the Shaman States books and how that came about because. I don't know if this is something you want to talk about during this chat, um, but I actually shelved introduction events to go co-author those books, the the Mantle series with Krishan. So that's part of the life of this whole thing is sometimes you shelve a book because something else comes along. And even if you love the project, 
you got to move on to this other thing and then come back to it. But very much so. Yeah, that's I'm dealing with that now. I've got several works in progress and it's like, I love you all, but I've got to put some of you away. Yeah, no, that's that's great, because that was what what we talked about um, prior to having you on the show was that introduction events. A lot of people, at least in the circles I ran in, which um, which until a few years ago was mostly romance circles. (laughs) There was a lot of write the book in November, edit the book in December and either have it self-published or have it off to publishers in January. And I have really gotten into writing in a way that doesn't stress you out. We have enough stuff in our world that stresses our us, us out. Why should the books stress us out too? Yeah. And so your journey with this book, I thought was really interesting. So um, you've kind of, you know, hinted at it, that it, that it was a longer journey than a lot of people would normally take with their books. Um, how long ago did you do Nano with this book or how did that journey go for you? So this was my third or fourth nano novel. And I've been doing NaNoWriMo since 2011. Um, so it's been a bit. Um, and um, so this this took me, you know, almost 10 years to get from initial first draft to actual publication. Um, and it was, and it took of a, a couple actual full, whole, actually took one complete rewrite from like you know scorched earth um and then redoing it before it eventually eventually came out okay so how do you having made that decision myself as well to kind of scorch earth and rewrite a book do you have other people that says you know good good bones here but it's not working or how does that process how do you make that decision as an author no that's a great question. Um, and actually, I'd say a large portion of it came from having done the Shaman States books. So let's, if to kind of really give you the the, the framework for this, um, if it's all right, uh, uh, I'm going to do the storytelling thing and take us back a little bit. Oh, um, please. So I, the, the, the way the, the kind of story of how introduction events came and, and, and eventually became a real book uh or a published book not a that's not a not a nomer i want on me um but so it started as a draft in NaNoWriMo i thought it was a pretty good book and i thought you know what it gets to um what the, the original plan was to write part one and then release that and then have part two already written and ready to release in a kind of rapid release format, which is something you alluded to earlier, but we didn't necessarily name of the like, get them in and just done super, super quick in the indie uh, or the uh, self-publishing world. A lot of people will do like a rapid release thing where they're released one, two, and three all come out within a few days to weeks to month of the original release date. And actually the first three mantle books were that format. So I can speak to <laughs> having written books on all of these things. But um, so I wrote the, the first draft of the first part, which is a really solid story all in and of itself, but it leaves you on a bit of a cliffhanger. Uh, and I was like, no big deal. I've already got this planned to release part two. So I know where it ends. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to release this 
right away. Um, and I've already, and, and by the time that I was ready for people to beta read that, I had already written the first draft of the second part. So really the complete introduction events was written by that time. I promise this is actually going somewhere. Um, no, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, then um, shortly after that, uh, and, and part of the beta readers who were doing this were actually my book club, who at the time were relatively newly formed. Um, and uh, I kind of, they were they were kind enough to read that beta draft of what was part one of introduction events, which as I've mentioned is uh, ends off on a bit of a cliffhanger. Um, and so I left them there basically for six years um, because that happened in November. And then in January, Krishan was uh, doing the, the Shaman States thing. And she had already released, like she had had the, uh, the first series uh, in association with that come out. And because she and I are good friends in, in reality, um, I wanted to do something for her to celebrate. And as I mentioned, to do woodworking. So I actually carved out a portion of the shaman states. Actually, you can't see, but this thing right here that looks vaguely like an American map uh, in my background is actually a map of the shaman states. Um, and she writes in one of the shaman states. And then I wrote in another one. Um, again, since it's her world, she's co-author. Um <clears throat> But yeah, so I was like, I'll carve this thing for you. We did. And she was like, well, conveniently, I uh, I wanted to meet up anyway. So we met up. I gave her the thing. And she, the thing that she wanted me to, to meet with me was she wanted to offer me a job to write a series in the world. Um, And keep in mind, I had introduction events. I was like rearing to 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 like buckle down and get the beta copy of the 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 second draft the second part ready to go, so then I could edit them together and then eventually release it probably within the next year. And then of course, Krishan's like, "Well, why don't you step in and write a five novel series for me?" And I said, "Well, this is you know a paid gig in a world that I think is super cool." Um, I think that this could be a really neat opp opportunity, even though it means I have to shelf introduction events. So I wrote the first three for that rapid release that we discussed. And then, so those came out in October 11th, like 14th, I think, or 15th. And then, or, and then the end of October of 2018. So five years exactly ago. And then book four, was one that I had to rewrite because my editor basically showed me all the things that she had been saying for three books of like, all right, like <laughs> you've gotten these things wrong in three novels in a row. You need to fix them. Um, and so I basically had to rethink how I would write novels. And so I, that was the first novel I ever wrote from the ground over again, because I had to rethink how I would write a novel and it was a huge growing situation for me. And it was a big pain point. So I rewrote that one up. Oh, I mentioned the pocket, hus the um, office Husky. One of them just came in. Um, <laughs> we had been discussing for those on the stream. We had been discussing prior that she has an office cat. Uh, sorry. They have an office cat. I apologize. Uh, and um, I have office Huskies. Um 
but yeah, so we got, uh, did the novels book, book four. I had to rewrite from scratch. That took almost another full year. And as I was waiting for the revisions on that one and book five was getting written, I started thinking, what if this introduction events book, what if I just did it as one novel instead of two? And also what if I did it in first person instead of third? Uh, so um, I had to kind of reframe all of that. So that rewriting was less because my agent, not agent, uh, uh, editor at the time was rightly calling me out on mistakes I was making consistently um, and more on having written and published five novels by then and realizing, oh, the author I was five novels ago did not write the same way. And like it, it was a, I had grown so much and also I wanted to write it in a different tense. And so that was why I made that particular shift. So Sorry, very long walk for a very short drink of water, but that's that's why. Oh no, that's that's great. I love that story for so many reasons. I do. Um, and I'll get into them, but first I just want to remind people that we are live on YouTube, youtube.com slash at epona author solutions and twitch.tv slash epona author. Um, I'm also gonna turn the air conditioner off because Mother Nature is drunk. Um it should not be 80 in November, but that's another show on another rant. The <laughs> um, speaking of the office cat, let me send her on her way. Hey, buddy. Um, but no, I love that story because we do grow as authors. And it is, as somebody who has edited and worked as a publisher, nothing breaks my heart more than to see an author year after year book after book do the exact same things and i send back the exact same notes and, and i mean it so i just think that's amazing because when you got to do something awesome which is write those shaman states novels and two the editorial feedback you got i'm sure was immensely helpful in not just those works but also introduction events and then the whole arc of that 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 book and that book's journey to publication all of a sudden takes on probably you know new significance and new meaning because the book you got now is definitely not the book you would have had back then not even close not even yeah. close uh i was not so Introduction events goes into some pretty dark places, uh, culturally and thematically. Like it's the first novel I've ever published that I actually put a content warning at the front. Um, not because I feel like, well, because I, I, I wanted people to be able to make their own educated decisions. Um, and also because I feel like the issues that are addressed are, um, I, I, I feel it's important that we talk about them. And hopefully address them in a a healthy way of moving forward from those things while never actually encouraging the behaviors themselves. That sounds that sounds good. I wish more books had more content warnings in that way because you'll be reading along and what I read now is so different than what I read like five, ten years ago. And it's like, I'll be reading through something and I'll be like, oh, I didn't expect to feel that emotion in this book. And 
that's not what I wanted. <laughs> mm -hmm. One of those aged like milk kind of situations, and you're just like, oh, yeah, I love this I, novel. <laughs> yeah, I was lucky enough to get a copy of Mercedes Lackey's um, upcoming anthology that comes out in December, and I'm currently reading it, and I on NetGalley, and I don't don't want to you know give anything away. I can tell where all these stories are coming from. The place they're coming from is not where I wanted to to read about right now. I'm just like, I like these stories, but this anthology isn't hitting the way I had hoped it would. Yeah. Fair. That's fair. But yeah, so it's it's like with with the the content that I'm that I'm like and 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 where I mean to go with that was that the the content that I that I handled. I kind of alluded to in the initial drafts because I wasn't comfortable enough as a person, like, like being right out there. Like the, the, for instance, the, in, in the very first chapter. Um, so we're, I'll, I guess I'll give you a content warning that I'm, I'm about to talk a little bit about references to self-harm. I'm just going to let people take a moment for that. Um, I'm not going to actually talk about the, the process or action of it or anything like that, but like, the, the the main character does battle with that and that is a thing that that is a, a major factor in her growth throughout the novel yes she gets superpowers and literally wakes up on the ceiling of her bedroom and that's the first thing that happens in the novel but like her major growth over the course of the book is less about the powers and more about developing out of those behaviors that are also factors in those powers if that makes sense um, makes, perf makes perfect sense yeah so the um and 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 when i wrote the first draft i was just like you know like this is the story i want to tell about this i feel like it's important but i was not i guess brave enough or comfortable enough in how i could speak to it um in a safe and respectful way while also not be not uh, condoning any of those behaviors, if that makes sense. Hopefully, but hopefully, I'm, yeah. Perfect makes perfect sense. Yeah, and I think that gets to you can handle topics in books, and you you know even to to step back to something that we had kind of talked about before was you know dealing with superhero stories without spandex and superheroes that there's you know the one thing that marvel for example does really well is they give you the superheroes they give you the cool tech and then they have the cgi and the technology to give you the eye candy you want to see you want to see the hulk you know picking somebody up and you know doing what the hulk does but mm -hmm. that also gets I think boring after a while. Sure. And we've certainly gotten to a kind of superhero saturation point. Um, and that's, you know, and, and, and that's part of actually uh, uh, the, these bookmarks I had made. And one of them is like, one of them on the back says, you're not going to get any cities that get blown up in this. There aren't any huge blockbuster esque fights. It's just about kids dealing with the stresses of being teenagers and then, oh, yeah, also they have superpowers. Yeah, which is what I kind of wish 
Gen V would be more of. And I know it's not. I quit watching the boys and I'm just like, yeah, this this is it's, it's not going to have the character growth I was hoping for. That's fair. Um, humorously <laughs> enough. Uh, well, no, I won't say that on live. Um, um, <laughs> but it is interesting that that is that that was your takeaway from that. Uh, I will say that I laughed very heartily um, while I was watching through Gen V about like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to have to change a little bit of that storyline so that people don't think that I was copying it. And because like I've I've already planned out, I guess this will be the first place that I'll announce anywhere, I guess, um, publicly that I am working on introduction events two or the sequel. It's not actually going to be called introduction events two, but um, I'm working on the, the sequel for it now, which is, which takes place at one of the academies for the superhero kids. Uh, and that's been the plan for years. <laughs> Just of course, you know, Gen V comes out and there's, uh, you know, a lot of plots that would make sense at a university. Um, and I'm writing a book. I'm going to be right. I'm currently writing a book, this nano, in fact, uh, uh, about some kids at, an, at a superhero academy. So neat. That's fun. Um, yeah. But anyway, um, I, I am actively working to like, because there were, there were a few plot points that were reminiscent of things that happen in, in uh, Gen V, but at the same time, You know, if you, if you think about the hero's journey, everything has got its own, like everything, there, there, there's so many archetypes. There are only so many archetypes that you can build off of. And so I think that the important thing is making sure that where, you're, where your intention for where you're going with something is not something else. So they're, they're, as I was writing introduction events initially, I was like, ah, crap, people are going to think this character is like this other character but really I'm going for this thing over here and I'm trying to get to this other point up here that is completely antithetical to how that other character does their thing. Um, so it was just a, a humorous experience to watch Gen V is what I'll say. Oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Cause um, I, I, one of the genres I haven't published yet, but I'm dipping my toes into is like equestrian academy stories. Cause I, if you can't tell from the My Little Ponies behind me, you know, I'm, I'm a little, you know, little horse nuts. Um, and so most of my stories involve horses in some ways. And yeah, I could just imagine like, um, not so much the saddle club books, more I grew up with those, but like if they made like, and a cat if they made an equestrian academy like um canterwood crest that's the books i was thinking about like if they made a canterwood crest type tv series mm -hmm. that i would be like oh this whoops you know that, sure. that might hit a little too close to home that would that would be interesting there's also certain beats too in that as far as you have the hero's journey you have your archetypes but people people go into books or movies with expectations. And I think some of those beats when you're dealing with a situation like a, you know, a school, a, a sports team, whatever, you have those beats that people are going to be expecting to to have, you know, to to have touched upon, at least in some way. Mm -hmm. Or at least being aware of them. Because, you know, like there's the 
there's a whole concept of like deconstructing um, tropes or whatever, mm-hmm. but like in order to deconstruct one, you have to understand it and you have to, you have to be able to like offer the wink and the nod so that people know that you actually knew that it was on purpose and not, you're just not an idiot who stumbled across it. So yes, the, the, the whole concept of working with or against tropes requires a knowledge and experience of those things. Definitely. Definitely. We could do an out, we could do an entire convention of, you know, like, you know, programming, talking about that. And, oh, that's, that's one of my soapboxes. So I will gently step around that. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So to, to kind of get back to introduction events and um, the, what, what I touched on too in the introduction. So you have your book, you wrote it, you rewrote it. At what point do you say I've got to do a Kickstarter? Uh, at the point when I decided that I didn't want the two th- that two things happened when I decided I did I did not want to be traditionally published, which is its own story and adventure and all of that, um, and B that I wanted a hardback. Um, so, like, if if I think the video from the Kickstarter is still available on the website, I haven't checked in a long time, but. Uh, essentially as part of the little Kickstarter video, I said, look, there are two things that people ask me for, for all of my books. And that's, can I get it a hardback and can I get it on audio? And until now the answer had been like, no, those things are super expensive to like front to, to pay for the front end. And so part of the Kickstarter was to say, look, I want a hardback. I presume a lot of you do as well. If we do this Kickstarter thing, the book's going to happen either way. So if you want a hardback, let's do this thing. And apparently a few people wanted hardbacks. So that was, that was a really, really neat experience. Uh, I learned, oh my goodness, I learned so much by messing up so much on that campaign. <laughs> but um, thankfully everything was kind of, uh, manageable and I actually had a really good time I've got plans for a potential another couple kickstarters and we'll we'll see where things go awesome yeah I actually saw there was a kickstarter about doing kickstarters for authors and I almost sure. backed it I I almost backed it but I was like that seems a little too meta that I'll just wait for the book to come out <laughs> yeah um yeah. and you know thankfully I have a lot of um, a lot of friends who have run Kickstarters for the for themselves before. I've got some friends who have done the the you know self publishing and also having kickstarted that and uh, um, and as with so many things, Krishan, my friend who I've mentioned a number of times, um, is was an an astounding asset. Um, for you know helping helping me figure out what what i needed to do and occasionally hey you might want to do this thing and i had like somehow accidentally done that thing already um but like you know it's it's a wild experience and it's very hard to know what you don't know until you are in the midst of it and it's very hard to to know what questions to ask until until you've already messed up four things you know, like, um, I, so for instance, the, the big one for me 
the biggest the biggest problem that I caused myself was because most of the Kickstarters I've backed have gone through fulfillment utilizing Backerkit. Um, I'm used to doing shipping through like Backerkit, or at least my brain is used to thinking that, oh, like you'll do shipping afterwards with Backerkit, no big deal. So when I set up all the pricing for all the tiers for the stickers, the the book, the paperbacks, the hardbacks, people being able to order prints, you know, all of those things. Um, I just didn't add in shipping. And so if you imagine a 400 page hardback book, the shipping is not cheap. Um, and so I just had the joy of eating all of that because I couldn't add it later as part of the initial pledge. So there are a few different ways that I could have gone around like fixing that. But I, I, I took a slightly different tack of saying, Hey, look, I messed up. If you want to add in shipping, this is about how much I would have charged for it. If not, that's fine. You can adjust your pledge. And some people went ahead and did it like on the spot. Some people did it by the end of the campaign. Um, but by then I had also actually added. So I, because that was the other thing that I hadn't figured out how to do add-ons before the campaign. So having those things done on the front end were, were big things that I would encourage other people to have so that you're not scrambling around like a chicken with your head cut off um, during the campaign. But um, so I added add-ons for paperback and hardback shipping as oops, add shipping because I messed up and I figured it was more on brand for me to own that and be like, no, that's totally on me. And if you want to do it, cool. If not, it's not your fault that I messed up was my philosophy. No, that's fascinating. Cause yeah, I've the, the ones that I've always backed, there's always been backer kit. And a lot of times you go through the checkout with backer kit and like a, I want to say is that the first one I did that was for some dice was sure. like, okay, now you've pledged, you know, X amount of dollars to get this, you know, five piece set of dice. Now I need, you know, eight ninety five more to ship it. And I, you know, so, so yeah, if, if I were setting it up, I totally would have done the same thing. And so, yeah. And that's the, like, when I explain why I messed it up, people are like, Oh, okay. That, that totally tracks. You are in fact a human, but, you know, it's one of those things that, like, I kicked myself so hard about that for days. Um, part of this was, like, I launched it right before I went to to a convention. And so, like, that was weird. Um, this is going to sound like the first worldiest of problems. And I'm going to apologize for it on the front end. As we were going into it, um, I had told the artists that I commissioned to do a bonus art for, for the campaign. We're not going to get funding in the first like week or two. Don't worry about getting your art, which is the stretch goal art in for probably a few weeks. I think we're going to be okay. Well, there goes my hubris and we're about to get to my problem in that we funded in two and a half hours. Wow. Yeah. And it, Hence why I sound like the first worldiest jerk in the world by saying that that's a problem because it's really not. It's amazing. And I'm tremendously astoundingly grateful 
for all of the support. But my problem was that all of my plans I had prepped to happen like after I get back from the convention um, because I did not in my wildest dreams imagine that it would fund so quickly. Just did not, it, it, it did not even factor into reality. Um, and so when we did, I was just scrambling. I spent the rest of that day when I should have been packing to go to Seattle to uh, just like, okay, I got to do art for strict goals now. I have to, uh, you know, reassure the artists that it's not their fault, that the art's not there yet because it's not their fault. They, they didn't do anything wrong. It was just me that I messed up the timing. And so it was just this wild like race of things to say, okay, I've got stretch goals planned and here's vaguely what they're going to be. And then I'll get back to you once we have the art for those. Uh, and by the time that I got to post the update about those things, because again, I was making graphics at the time, I had to like edit the graphic twice because we had, we had already passed that as a stretch goal. Um, and so I was just like, again, total first worldiest problem, but I was just like scrambling to figure out how to manage this, the success that I was graced with. And it was such a weird situation. Um, so again, I would encourage you to have as much planned out as far as like your, your, your stretch goals and all of that uh, for just in case you, you, you go wildly uh, out of your expectations. So I guess that brings me then to my biggest question. Sure. Because I totally would expect to put up a Kickstarter and the crickets aren't even chirping, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That was that's no. my expectation. So did you start with like a good sized newsletter list and like a big no. social media following? No, but nobody knows who I am. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I did a little bit of an ad campaign on Instagram and Facebook in the few days leading up. Um, I am so grateful for my incredible cover artist danny from dl visual design uh so if you look at the 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 art it's still on your screen right because yeah since we're in zoom i can't see anything um but yeah like the cover in my opinion is incredibly gorgeous uh designed by again danny from dl uh, creative uh design or design solutions sorry being live brain is doing stupid things. I can link it for you. Um, it's linked all over my page on, <laughs> on Instagram. Um, but Danny is a genius and her art, I think did a lot of heavy lifting. Um, I think that, you know, people, once people got into the, the, the concept of the book and they started hearing a little bit more about it, like, cool. It, people started sharing with their friends and, Viral is not exactly right, but like, like maybe that much. Um, Cause like it was, it was enough that, that I was, that, you know, a number of people have, have, you know, that I don't know backed it and got in on it. And 
uh, like the one review that's on Amazon right now is some, I don't know who that person is. So that's cool. Um, and so I was very, I was very lucky uh, to have the, you know, a few of the people that, that worked along with it were happy to share and to signal boosting and that kind of thing on their own as well. Um, but Danny's Danny's like promotional stuff. Cause she wanted to promote her work on there too. So she was doing um, some promotional stuff on her side and that was picking up something. It was kind of generating some synergy there. And of course, anybody who looks at her work is just like, Oh, that's gorgeous. I need that in my life. So that helped. Then um, the other part was when the other two artists who are a Monica comics uh, and K Ray sketches on Instagram uh, or K Ray creations. Um, Monica and Kirsten from them, their respectively, um, they would also talk about their work. So it's, it becomes this rising tide raises all boats situation where when you start collaborating and working with all of these other people, they want to talk about the work that's associated with their stuff and conveniently, their work is also associated with my stuff. So I get to talk about how amazing and beautiful Monica and Kirsten and Danny's art is. And they drag me along anyway. <laughs> so I, uh, but like the art that they all did for the campaign is just mind bogglingly gorgeous. Um, and you can see that, like, if you go over to the Instagram page, it's pretty easy to find over there. Um, actually, hold on a second. I just messaged my wife to see if she would bring up some of the prints that, that Kirsten from K-Ray Designs, ah. or uh, K-Ray Creations, uh, or K-Ray Sketches now, um, just did for it, because she did some digital paintings for this that are mind-bogglingly gorgeous and so those things that like once those start happening then people start engaging across different facets and that's where you know i think i found even more success i was um lucky enough to have almost uh, the, the campaign ended up at almost 500 percent funded in the end so cool. like just beyond my wildest dreams so for instance this so this is Peyton mm -hmm. uh, one of the characters having just walked through um, a portal his power relates to dealing walking through uh, with portals and he walked out like he thought he was walking into the shower and ended up in a desert across the planet and then this is Tisha Washington who is the owner of the coffee shop where all the kids hang out and is basically the emotional support system for the town. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, she's amazing. And the, the, the paintings of those are just incredible. So again, that just goes back to working with all these other people who are so kind enough to share the work and to like get the word out and it, it, it helped immeasurably. 
That sounds amazing. I'm so glad you shared that with us. I'm so glad you shared that because I think I think a lot of people, and I'll include myself in this, to feel like that like Kickstarter is this big scary thing. That these sure. pe- these you know these people do kickstarters and it just there's a lot of moving pieces and but it's 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 good to hear that you know you can do it you can be human about it and everything works out in the end and that's I'm I'm so glad you shared that so um I put the link of course on the website um for the book introduction events. And it's on, looks like it's on pretty much any of your favorite booksellers. Yeah. It's, it's, it's wide as we say in the business. (laughs) So you can um, even request it at your libraries. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. um, why don't you share, of course, you know, the links are out there, but why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners how they can find out more about you and your work? Cool. So um, you can find me on, most of the social media situations um, at WT Meadows author. So Twitch, YouTube, um, if you just look for WT Meadows on Amazon, I've got my author page there with all six books and a short story collection um, uh, that I'm a part of. I only wrote one short story in that. Um, Instagram and Twitter are probably where I'm most active at WT Meadows author. Um, but I have the first three chapters of introduction events available with me reading them, um, on you, on YouTube. So if you go there, there's a playlist specifically where if you want to see if you like it, you get three chapters of me stumbling along and reading as best as I possibly can, uh, for a crowd of a few (laughs) dozens, I say dozens, uh, well, that sounds wonderful. I have really enjoyed our conversation. Um, really enjoyed having you here on Right Talk Wednesday. I guess my final question is, since you're doing Nano this year and you have successfully completed Nano, do you have any advice or encouragement for anybody who's in the trenches right now? Uh, if you are early and this is your first time doing it, don't delete words. Doesn't matter if it's the wrong word. Don't delete words. If you want to put like a strike through it, that's fine. But just all the words count. Um, and the while this is a competition against yourself, do not hurt yourself mentally or physically to get the goal done. Like do the things that you can, but it is not worth putting yourself into a bad situation to get it done. Beautiful. Perfect. That's, that's exactly what I would say too. <laughs> so, yeah, no. you know, it's important to get the writing in and to, to do the words and to understand the process of, of writing. But as John Green says, like writing that much is a lot and it's very, very hard. Like John Green, the fault in our stars guy is saying like, I can't write 2000 words a day. That's ridiculous. So give yourself some grace if you can't make it happen. And that's okay. That doesn't mean that you're not an author. That just means that you might not write six books a year. And that's okay. That is so okay. (laughs) Oh, cool. 
thank you. Uh, I've, I've really enjoyed our chat. You know, hit me up, look me up on things. And, you know, if you do read the book, I would love um, any feedback you may have. Uh, my DMs are currently open. If you want to, you know, tell me that you liked something or if that I hated that you hated something or that I need to represent characters more like better or more respectfully in the future. I need to know that information so that I can do that. I've never been a 17 year old girl. So I had to talk to a lot of people to figure out how to write one. And it's just like, I've never had dealing with self-harm. I had to talk to a lot of people to figure out how to do those things. So while I am doing my research to talk to people, I love the feedback so that I know how I can get better. So if that comes in a review, comes in a DM, cool. Hit me up. Sounds great. Yeah, it's it's definitely out there. I'm um, fin in my final semester of my bachelor's degree, so I am reading a lot, and then I'm starting master's um, in January. But I'm thinking this this might be something to read there during the break between semesters. So I'll keep that keep that in mind. I love it. Thank you so much. And again, I would absolutely love to know what you have to say. Wonderful. Well, thank you. You thanks so much for being here. You've been listening to the Right Talk Wednesday podcast, taken from the live streams hosted on Twitch and YouTube every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central. The music you're hearing is Light It Up from Purple Planet Music. Learn more at purple-planet.com. To subscribe to our show, to subscribe to this podcast at any of your favorite outlets, please visit musecharmer.com. You can subscribe to a feed of all shows or just the Right Talk Wednesday show. Either way, we appreciate your support. Don't forget to like and follow us on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you are so moved, we would love it if you would go to our Ko-fi and drop us a little donation. The links are in the footer at MuseCharmer.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.